Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network and the official podcast of Left Wing Lock, your number one source for fantasy hockey intelligence. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, Bruce Gunther and John Enns. Tyler Holman, unfortunately, will not be joining us tonight. And neither will Pete Jensen or Mike McLaughlin or any of the other <laughs> guys. <laughs> we miss you all already. Yeah, of course. Very much. Uh Shout out to Pete again. Thank you so much for jumping on the pod with us. We really appreciated it. We had a great time chatting with you. Uh, I, I think our listeners enjoyed it. I had a couple comments sent to me already. Of course, to our boy Jordan, who um, loyal listener, Jordan. Thanks again. Um, yeah, what what a, what a, a fun episode that was. Um, any other takes from the episode, guys? Uh... <laughs> No, just uh, Pete gave me a good uh, player for John's list, so I'm happy for that. Yeah. Okay, made this, so week, made this week simple. Okay, that's that seems like a good segue, John, then into John's list. And for anyone who hasn't listened to the show before, um, John's list is basically just his shit list of players, past and present. Uh, and we've made this a regular segment, just something fun to do to kick off the show. So with that, John, take it away, my friend. Alrighty, this week's player on the list is, uh, I guess, apparently a player that Pete actually likes, uh, Daniel <laughs> Briere, from his good old time in Buffalo and Philly and Montreal. I, I don't know, he's pretty insignificant, so I don't remember if he went anywhere else, but <laughs> that's uh, basically I mean, what I got. You know, my, my take Ooh. on it is probably that Briere have, for him is like the equivalent of Ryan Smith for me and Bruce. And oh, pure, pure trash. Okay, good. <laughs> glad, glad we got that one nailed down. I guess. Uh, oh, I don't man. know much about the guy. I will say this. He's a short dude, which I respect. So <laughs> so you're saying he came to the league like 15 years too late or too early, I should say? Too early. Yeah, he'd be, a, he'd be like a bona fide Hall of Famer at this point. Did you, see what, did you see what Johnny Goudreau did last night? No. Yeah, scored the OT winner for Calgary. Oh, did he? Yeah, and he's he's smaller than I am. He's got like 70-some <laughs> points already this season. I can't say it. Can't say it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Danny Breer. I mean, honestly, not a player that I watched a ton. I, Bruce, is he a guy that you paid much attention to? Not really, no. No, I didn't... Oh, sorry, Mike, not much of a Flyers fan, but uh, during his time there or his time in Buffalo or his brief stint in Montreal. I mean, he had almost 700 points in his career. I'm just looking at his numbers here. He was a four-time 30-goal scorer, and he set a career high with 95 points in 2007. One season, one good season. One exceptional season, I'll say, and then four seasons that were pretty good at at 30 goals. Yeah, okay. Where's my cricket button? Okay. Right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm super disappointed you didn't check the chat before because there was oh, an X. shit. What did I miss? Well, check it out. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. It's not as Good. funny now. You ruined yep. it. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointed. All right. Well, there it is. There is John's list. John, thank you again, as always. It's a fun way to Absolutely. start the show. 
Let's uh, let's move on to our fantasy lock of the week, February twenty eighth to March sixth, presented by Left Wing Lock. This one was pretty easy this week. It is definitely not Mark Andre Fleury. It is certainly <laughs> not Mark Andre Fleury. No, last I checked, it was six three Tampa. By the way, um, but this week was easy. Jason Robertson. Uh, left wing yep. for the Dallas Stars, 90% rostered, seven points, seven goals, two game winners, one power play point, 18 shots on goal. He was a plus three this week, 61% power play share in three games played. And Robertson now has 100 career NHL points in just 101 games. Very nice. Bruce, he's, actually, nice. he's not even a point per game player. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The guy is lighting it up right now. Uh, Bruce, I know you're a big fan of Jason Robertson, right? You grabbed him Absolutely. last year before he blew up, right? Uh, yeah, I grabbed him well before anybody else did. And then trying to draft him this year is just, yeah. seems a few people thought the same way I did, so I only managed to get him in one league out of the, out of the three. That's... Now he's been really good this year again. I, I will say I didn't expect him to to be this good. Like I, I really did think he was going to have some of his ice time limited based on the fact that they had some of their vets coming back this year. Yeah. And that has not been the case at all. No, it's like he's picked up where he left off last season and just kept right on going. Okay. Good stuff there. Uh, the other guy here, honorable mention goes to Nick Schmaltz. He had eight points, three goals, five assists, one game winner, two power play points, just eight shots on goal, but he was plus six and had 66% power play share in just two games. Schmaltz became just the second active player, Sam Gagne being the other one, to score Trash. seven or more points in a single game. You zip <laughs> your lips. <laughs> Guys, garbage. Uh, Sam Gagne. Schmaltz <laughs> had two goals and seven points. Um, pretty incredible stuff. So he gets our honorable mention as well. So refresh my memory. Who did Schmaltz do this against? Good question. I should know that seeing as I made the notes up here, but uh, <laughs> slacking. Oh my god, it's been a long day. You're testing me, Bruce. I don't know. I should know this. Um, that was against Ottawa. Yeah. Right. Should why, we be surprised? Why, why? Why? Why did you want to know that, Bruce? Just curious. For some reason, I thought it was the Leafs. Oh, was <laughs> so, close. It was Ottawa? So it was it, Ottawa. Was it, it wasn't far team off. from Ontario? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, I, we'll get into the Leafs goaltending situation too later. Cause man, what a mess that is. But, <clears throat> um, okay. Let's, uh, I think that's, that's good. That's good for fantasy lock of the week. Let's move on to headlines with the hacks news and injury updates for February 28th to March 6th. Our partner left wing lock has a complete, uh, no, they don't actually Never mind. Scratch that. Um, one thing I do want to mention, cause we're not talking about COVID anymore. Left wing lock, Mike put together a playoff probability tool on the site um i'm going to link that in here and if you guys want to check that it's it's neat he's broken it down by division as well so you can kind of see how each team's probability of making the playoffs goes up and down through each game um definitely worth checking out so i will adjust my notes there um my apologies so far mike's prediction on the microsoft or microsoft Minnesota Wild has come true. They have sunk like a stone in the past two weeks. In oh this. man, have they ever? Like, holy cow! It's <clears throat> Mike called it. Guys, full of knowledge. Uh, Absolutely, he called it. Much to my delight, actually, Bruce. Because I think did you have Kakinen in gold today? I have him in two. Le- I have him in two leagues. Yeah. And you and I were playing in the one league, and I had Jake Ottinger, and I think you had Kakinen. So 
Yeah. That was just fine by me. Oh, my goaltending has taken an absolute beating on all three of my teams this season. Oh, goodness. Um, I was just going to pull up the playoff odds here. So, Metropolitan, Atlantic, Central. Um, Minnesota is still sitting at just about a 90% probability to make the playoffs. So, no worries there, Bruce. They'll sneak in as the second wild card. <laughs> I, I think they'll be okay. But my really? God, is Dallas streaming right now? They are just rolling. They're up to they're up to seventy two percent probability to make the play. Like they're actually almost ahead of wow. Nashville, who's at seventy four percent. So according to Left Wing Lock, um, very nice. And and since we're here, we might as well check out the Oilers, who just took a nosedive in terms of their probability on Saturday before they. Played Montreal. They had a 64%, almost 65% probability. Uh, it went down to 56% after last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Ugh>. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to talk about that now or wait till the news when I get to it in the news point farther down? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit. I, I mean, I don't want to rant about that too long, but <laughs> we'll We've move done on. It enough. <clears throat> Moving on. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save our breath for now. We'll get to it in a bit here. Let's let's kick things off on a positive note. Sidney Crosby, John, scored the game where uh the game winning goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins on Sunday against Columbus. He now sits twenty fifth on the NHL's all time points leader list. What do you have to yes. say about that, my friend? Yes. The guy's the guy's money. I, I'm I'm a huge Sid fan. I know I bust your chops all the time because you want him as my fantasy lock every week, but uh <laughs> <laughs> That's because you threw him by the wayside every time he deserved it. He was close, but there was somebody who deserved it more. I'm sorry. But I, I do. I'm a big fan. And as soon as he puts up more than two points in a week, I will make him my fantasy lock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I'll hold you to it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Austin Matthews, JT Miller, and Steven Stamkos were named the three stars for the week ending February 27th. Vitek Vanacek was recalled from his AHL conditioning stint, which I think lasted all of 24 hours. Uh, we're going to talk about him in the wave wire section, but he's been absolutely fantastic since, uh, coming back from injury. Anthony Mantha took part in on ice drills on Monday. It was the first time since shoulder surgery that he was cleared for contact. He's played a couple games here now. Um, I haven't looked up his numbers, but I, I don't think he's done anything substantial. Has he? No, not at this point. Nope. I don't think he's got a point actually. Uh, Brandon Perlini was placed on waivers by the Edmonton Oilers. There's some people upset about that, especially the way it went down. Apparently, he found out from his mom uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Isn't that just the worst? <laughs> That's a kick in the nuts for sure. Uh, Peter DeBoer told the media on Monday that Robin Leonard would be back in the crease on Tuesday, but also that Max Pacioretty and Matthias Janmark are both expected to miss the game, and neither player is particularly close. I believe Pacioretty was back in the lineup today though wasn't he I don't know I should fact check these things but uh, <laughs> we are so organized but my life's a blur right now yes March 6th he is in the lineup right now yes there you go um, the double IHF was, has suspended Russia and Belarus from double IHF competitions until further notice the 2023 world juniors have been pulled from Russia as well um, John, you're a big juniors guy. What's your take on this? Um, I guess it, it was something they had to do. 
um, just with the way the rest of the the world has gone, uh, sports-wise at least, and I guess not to get political or anything, but yeah, the rest of the world has seems to have pulled everything else from from Russia and or Belarus. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I don't know. Bring me another tournament to Saskatoon, and I'll be happy. Fair enough. I'm kidding. Bruce, anything to add to that? No, I have anything, don't have anything to add to that. Bruce doesn't like to get political, so we won't force him. No. <laughs> Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NHL announced that they are suspending all business relationships with Russian partners, and they have halted any Russian language websites and digital media. Um, just to kind of play off what you were saying, John, it, it the world, let alone sports, has basically canceled Russia at this point. Yeah. And I guess I can understand the tournament, um, but pulling all of the like the russian player like sponsorship or 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 business relations i guess like with the players that one's a little tough for me to for me to digest but to, like I, I see what they're coming from but i don't know it's it's not this players doing but it is what it is yeah i mean i I, I do feel for some of these Russian kids too, who are you know 15 years old and they're being banned from the CHL import draft and stuff like that. Like that's that's tough. I mean, they don't have, in my opinion, much to do with what's going on um, on a global scale with Putin and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I can understand that the CHL is trying to make a send a message too, right? So that's that's all part of it. But just a just a shitty situation, and hopefully uh, it resolves sooner than later. Uh, Jake DeBrus scored his first career NHL hat-trick on Monday night against the Kings. He obviously requested a trade not that long ago. I think, as I was mentioning to someone on Twitter earlier, I, I believe his trade request is still in place. Yes, it is. That was confirmed shortly after the game. Okay. So, which, I mean, the, the Bruins are, are probably not thrilled with that, given that he's played so well alongside Bergeron and Marchand, but... They didn't give him much for deployment before uh, before that game anyway, did they, Bruce? Not too much. It was mostly second lot of third line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they put him on the first line, they start scoring, so maybe they're hoping they can move him at the deadline for somebody, maybe? He's a guy that's I, capable I of scoring 30 goals, right? He scored 27 yeah. in his career high, so. Bring him to Edmonton. We would take him. His dad would be happy. He would, yeah. You get to watch him all the time. <laughs> exactly. Um, Tom Wilson became the Capitals' third player in the past 10 years to score a power play goal and a shorthanded goal in the same game. Kyle Davidson was named the new GM of the Chicago Blackhawks. He's uh, got a big job ahead of him. He does, yeah, absolutely. And I guess I'd heard, I think it was Elliot Freeman or, or someone, uh, one, of the, one of the insiders was talking about this, said that he basically pulled the leadership core so Taze, Kane, Flurry, and it was one other player, might have been Debrinket, uh, sat them down and said, Look, guys, we're we're starting a straight up rebuild. And I'm gonna go and announce that to the press here shortly. So the players are aware of it, it's happening. They're gonna be sellers at the deadline, obviously. I'm really yeah. curious to see what happens with Patrick Kane. There's been a lot of chatter about him, a lot of questions, calls being sent in to the Blackhawks. Yeah, basically what I read was is basically when it comes to Taves and Kane, it's up to them. If they want to stay, great. If they want to, they want to go. They'll do whatever they they can to accommodate them. But they're not. It's entirely their their 
they want them around, but if they want to leave, they'll be more than happy to accommodate their requests. Do you know, Bruce, what they've got left on their contract? Because they signed their contracts at the same time, right? I think they've got one more season. Let me just double check. At $10.5 million a piece. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they've got one more season. Debrick gets an RFA at the end of next year. Speaking of him, Bruce, Frank Saravalli was talking about Dabrinkit and wondering if, if he's a guy that they move. Would they get a truckload of stuff for him? Yeah. And and just given if you're tearing the whole thing down and if you're expecting Kane's going to be gone soon and, and you can get a pile, like you said, for yeah. Dabrinkit. Well, based on there, so if you look at the way they're set up here, so uh, for 20 or 23-24... Right now, they only have one, two, three forwards signed for 23-24. And four defensemen. So they've got four RFAs next year. So Kublik, Strom, Kirby Doc, Kurashev, they're all RFAs next season. Or at the end of this season, sorry. Uh, Caleb Jones is an RFA at the end of the season. Like literally, if they want to tear this down, they've their contracts are set up. They could do a Detroit style teardown here and or Arizona. Yeah, like weren't you telling me, Johnson's, Bruce? Doesn't Arizona only have, or is that Detroit that only has like five players back on contract? Arizona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Actually, they had less than that. Actually, I think. Okay. Uh, let's take a quick peek here. Arizona. So they have one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, wait, that's, well, that's one, two, three, four, five. Six, Where's my Jeopardy seven. music, hey, John? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Come on, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they've got. Six, six forwards, no, four forwards, and four to, and five defensemen signed for next year. Not much. They're a few players short of a roster anyway. They're a little bit short, yeah. yeah. Like they have, uh, if you go out two years, so let's say the 24-25 season, they have uh, four players signed. Jeez. Schmaltz, Clayton Keller... Chicker, and if he sticks around, which he won't, and a young guy named Dyson Mayo. That's it. Interesting. Okay, uh, let's roll along here with the news. We'll keep things moving. Yeah. Ryan Nugent Hopkins returned to Edmonton. He's considered week to week with an upper body. Uh, it's a shoulder injury after taking that hit from Ryan Lomberg, I think it was, in Florida. Duncan Keith returned to play against the Philadelphia Flyers. Jeremy Swayman is the NHL's Rookie of the Month. He posted a 5-1-1 record in February with a 1.13 goals against average, a 9.60 save percentage, and two shutouts. So that trade I was bragging about, Bruce, it's not looking real good right now because Freddie Anderson's day-to-day. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Swayman's killing it, and Nuge is on IR right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's karma for me bragging. So let Grant know. He's, I'm sure he's thrilled right now. 
I don't even think he noticed. <laughs> uh, Zach Wierenski was on the ice for the morning skate earlier this week. Of course, he's back. He played 32 and 30, over 30 minutes in his last two games here. Wowzers. And he had a goal in one of those games. Dude's been busy. So whatever was he bothering him, he's feeling great now. You bet. Uh, Adam Boquist is day-to-day with an upper body injury. The NHL and Amazon Web Services have partnered to offer face-off probability, an in-game NHL stat that's going to display live during games to show player odds on winning face-offs. Our, our, degenerate, oh, wow. our, our in-house degenerate gambler is not present right now. I'd love to get his thoughts on it. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, John, what's your take? Are you going to be betting on some face-offs in the future? Um, probably not. Yeah, me but, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully... hopefully your betting on face-offs will be better than Drake's betting on the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> I saw something about that. I, I didn't actually watch the fights, but... I didn't either, but he lost 275000 on one fight. That's that's chump change for a guy like that, though. Yeah. <laughs> that's like Tyler putting then, down 20 bucks. And then after the fight, the guy that won, so the guy that Drake bet against, or didn't... That, Yep. I would lose. Yep. Just trash Drake. Tell him to go back to making his shitty music to make money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those UFC guys are pretty confrontational, eh? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to meet one of them on the street, let alone an alley. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, Mitch Marner, Jacob Markstrom, and Patrick Liney were your three stars for the month of February. Mitch Marner had 23 points, nine goals in 12 games. Markstrom was an 8-1-0 with two, uh, 2.04 goals against, a 9.29 save percentage, one shutout. And Patrick Laine, who we know is rolling, had 15 points, nine goals in 10 games. Pretty impressive production from those guys. For sure. <coughs> Excuse me. Matthew Barzal, uh, lower body, and Zidane Char, upper body, were both still day-to-day on Tuesday. Did not play against Vancouver. As we'd mentioned earlier, CCM has decided not to use Alex Ovechkin along with any other Russian players in their global marketing. Predators GM David Poyle recently told a local radio show in Nashville that he is not attempting to trade Philip Forsberg, um, as rumors would have suggested. There's lots of talk earlier this week that Forsberg was out in Nashville, and he shut that down pretty quick. Oh, I'm pretty sure he isn't shopping him, but I'm sure he's getting lots of phone calls about him. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean... Why wouldn't he? But right, so, I, you look at where they are right now. I don't understand yeah. why any opposing GM would really feel like they're going to move Philip Forsberg. Exactly. Like you never know. Someone hits the right offer. You never know. Yep. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets thrashed the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 8-4. to four. Winnipeg scored four goals in the first 10 minutes of the game. Josh Anderson scored a hat-trick against the Jets. Yeah. Uh, Jack Johnson played in his 1,000th NHL game against the New York Islanders on Tuesday. Patrick Laine undressed a Devils defender. I can't remember who it was, but he scored an absolute beauty in that 4-3 win. That was nice. That was incredible. Yeah. That was very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Max Domi reached 300 career NHL points. Uh, John, you like this. Braden Point had a 4.1 goal game against the Ottawa Senators. He factored in on four of Tampa's five unanswered goals. The Bolts took over first place in the Atlantic Division. Yeah, that was good. I uh, quite enjoyed that. My fantasy team enjoyed that, and all is well. All is well. Uh, Detroit Red Wings rookie defenseman Mort Sider set a franchise record for longest point streak by a D-man with uh, seven games. And I think he 
he went on for an eighth game too, I believe. <clears throat> oh, wow. Uh, James Reimer left Tuesday's contest against Vegas with a lower body injury. He is now week to week, I believe, and, and so we'll be talking about Aiden Hill a little bit later in the show. The Colorado Avalanche were the first team to hit the 40-win mark this season and required the second-fewest games in league history to do so. Wow. Yeah, they've been nothing short of phenomenal this year. Um, the Ottawa Senators head coach, DJ Smith, told reporters that Josh Norris will be ready to play on Thursday, which he did. I think he had an assist in that game. Uh, Carl Hagelin is expected to be out long-term due to an eye injury. Joe Snively, Sniffles, as Tyler calls him, is week-to-week with an upper body injury. He was pointless in his last three contests, but still managed to post seven points in 12 games to date this season. Ilya Samsonov left practice on Wednesday after taking a puck up high. He hasn't been very good anyway, so... uh, (laughs) Nope. (laughs) uh, Will not be missed by the Capitals. Mitch Marner played in his 400th career NHL game against the Buffalo Sabres, collecting one assist. Chris Kreider scored his NHL-leading 18th power play goal against the St. Louis Blues on Thursday. UC Soros scored or played in his 200th NHL game, a 4-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken. He did not score a goal. My, my apologies for that. Roman Yossi reached the 500-point plateau in 732 games. Only Eric Carlson achieved the milestone faster. It was 613 games for him. The 2008 draft class has now produced five NHL defensemen who have recorded 500, 500 points or more. Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, John Carlson, and Alex Petrangelo. It's a pretty impressive pretty draft nice class. I was going to say, that has to be one of the best defensemen draft classes. In recent memory. Yeah, in recent yeah. memory, for sure. Um, it kind of Yeah, it's almost not quite as deep as 2003, but... No, no, for sure not, but... Impressive anyway. Alexander Radulov played in his 500th NHL game and scored just his second goal since October 27th. I actually forgot that guy existed. (laughs) Like, honestly. He was injured for most of last year and has done, well, as it shows, pretty much nothing this year. Very little, yeah. Uh, Moving back to your wild here, Bruce. Matt Dumba and Jordan Greenway did not play on the team's recent road trip. They were possible to play Sunday. I know Matt Dumba played for sure. I don't know if Jordan Greenway did. I don't remember either. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, also some some fun facts here for you, Bruce. Nikolai Ehlers was on the ice Thursday, was wearing a regular contact jersey. According to Sarah Orleski, uh, Ehlers should return on Friday, which I believe he he did. did. The Chicago Blackhawks received some good news on Thursday. Jonathan Taze, Tyler Johnson, and Calvin DeHaan all returned to the lineup against the Edmonton Oilers, which sucked. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because they beat the crap out of the Oilers. Yeah, I pretty much like skipped through the first half of that game and then didn't watch the rest of it. At least they salvaged a point, right? I mean... <laughs> With emphasis on the word salvaged. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. They've, they've struggled with Chicago the last couple of years here. Yeah. I think the new coach bump is over. <laughs> yes, I, I would agree. I was just thinking that today, actually. Especially after watching that train wreck last night. We're not there yet, though. We're not just... Chikai. Anthony Mantha made his return to the Capitals, like we mentioned. Vitek Vanacek made 36 saves for his third shutout of the season against the Carolina Hurricanes. He's all but taken over the crease there, and and we'll talk about that again later, like I said. Ovi scored his 33rd goal of the season, 
and 763rd in his career. He sits just three goals back of Yarmir Yager. Um, that's 766 goals for third most in NHL history. And then Ovi scored again, was that today or yesterday? Um, anyway, he's now at 764, so he just keeps climbing. Cody Cece played in his 600th NHL game on Thursday night. It was also Duncan Key's first game back in Chicago, and Tyson Berry left with an upper body injury and did not return. Craig Smith scored a hat-trick for the Bruins in a 5-2 win over the Golden Knights. Pasternak also scored twice to reach the 30-goal plateau for the fifth time in his career. Uh, Pasternak's now got 11 points and 7 goals in his last 7 games. Kale McCarr extended his streak, assist streak to 10 games, 15 assists. That's now the longest such streak by a defenseman in franchise history. More news from Sidney Crosby, John. He scored his 75th career game-winning goal, surpassing Mario Lemieux and tying Evgeny Malkin for second in franchise history. Ooh. Yes. Keep setting records, man. Jared Spurgeon set a new franchise record for games played by defenseman for the Wild with 744. Um, Eric Carlson is aiming to return to the lineup on Thursday this upcoming week for anyone that has him in their lineup or sitting on IR. Andrew Hammond suffered an upper body injury on Thursday against the Calgary Flames. Um, was placed on IR. Look for Sam Montebo to see even more action than he has. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, like we said, was activated, and uh, he played against the Dallas Stars. His first game since January 18th, he posted one assist, six shots on goal in just over 60 minutes of ice time. Cole Perfetti was placed on LTIR. Rasmus Dahlin extended his home point streak to eight games, the longest by a Sabres defenseman since Phil Housley in 1989-1990. Both Tyler Sagan and Miro Heiskanen missed Friday's game versus Winnipeg due to non-COVID illness. John, your boy Joe Pavelski recorded his 900th career NHL point. It's pretty good. Come on. No. (laughs) (laughs) How How many games did it take him? Like 500. I'm kidding. <laughs> Our Thank listeners can't see their faces, but both John and Bruce just looked at me. <laughs> I think you forgot a digit. I'm kidding. I'd actually have to look it up. I don't know. Uh, Jason Robertson, like we said earlier, scored a hat-trick against uh, after um, netting the game-winning goal in OT. Andre Palat played in his 600th NHL game against the Detroit Red Wings. Mort Sider became just the fourth NHL rookie in league history to record a, a point streak of eight games or longer. So there it is, Bruce. There you go. Uh, Victor Arvidsson also scored a hat-trick same night as Jason Robertson, scoring the game-winning goal in overtime. And damn it, Bruce, you had that guy on your roster this week, but uh, we, we've been beating the, the, the Arvidsson drum for a while now, so good on anyone that yes, went out we and picked have. him up. Uh, Jaden Schwartz and Jeremy Can were both activated from IR on Saturday. Kraken captain Mark Giordano played in his 1,000th NHL game. Kevin Hayes was activated from IR, did not play or did play against Chicago Blackhawks in Saturday's 4-3 win. Um, okay, let's let's talk about the Oilers. This is <laughs> dumpster fire of a team right now. Uh, Tyson Berry did not play in that loss, that 5-2 loss against Montreal last night. Mike Smith again was a shit show. 4.02 goals against average, an 8.57 save percentage, and a negative 1.51 goals saved above average. I honestly, if they play this guy again this season, I'm I'm gonna lose my marbles. 
Well, I've been telling you that all year, and you guys keep defending them <clears throat> up until recently, might I add. But so here's here's gonna be the funny part. At the end of the season, you know who the two goalies for the Oilers are gonna Don't be. Don't say it, Bruce. Don't you say it. It's gonna be Koskinen and Skinner. Okay. And they're gonna be looking for a way to get rid of Smith so they can re-sign Koskinen. Well <laughs> to back up Skinner. You nailed it on the head, Bruce, because you know what? This is really funny, I thought. Uh, and I put it in the notes here in a couple minutes, but um Mike Smith today did not go to practice due to a non-COVID illness. So he went home sick. I'm, these are my air quotations for anyone who can't see this. I would, I would do after that performance. Oh, yeah, it made me sick. Um, and they recalled like Skinner. The and yeah. Skinner's going to back up Koskinen tomorrow night against Calgary. So I think, honestly, at this point, they're just, you're right, Bruce. They're trying to save face for, for Mike Smith. And they're going to wave that guy or try and move him or something. But, I mean, he's... I don't. Well, you can't trade him. Well, I guess maybe Arizona would take him back, maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he just hasn't. He hasn't been good. But the team in front of him the past two games hasn't been all that great either. So that's Agreed. the other problem. I a thousand percent, Bruce, because I was watching the game last night. And how many high danger, high danger chances did they give up? I didn't actually have time to look that up, but there's at least there's two or couple. three of those goals that you can't pin completely on Smith. Yeah. Anyway, not good. Hopefully they don't play him again. Um, and is it just me or does, or does Connor look ordinary the last few weeks? He's looked ordinary for quite some time. Like, I, I just get the sense that he's dealing with something and we'll never know about it, but, it, like, his speed just doesn't seem to be there. He's having a really hard time shaking guys. Like, normally he just blows by guys, right? He can kind of, he can button yeah. hook, as, as Jack Michaels would say, or he can... Uh, Stop and start and lose guys, but it just seems like he's having a really tough time doing that right now. Yeah, some games it looks like he's got he's got it, and other games it's just like he's not. It's hey, don't get me wrong, he's still really good, but it's just we're not not that like full speed, and it's not what we're we're used to seeing from him. Yeah, so I I don't know. Dark days, dark days, Bruce. <laughs> we need news back, hey, hey, John. Yep. Oh, they they miss Nuge so badly, and it's so obvious. Well, and and Puliarvi too. They miss both yeah. those guys big time. Yep. Okay, enough Oilers talk. Unless you guys have anything else you want to cover. No, I think we've destroyed them enough for this week. Okay. The Columbus Blue Jackets retired Rick Nash's jersey on Saturday night. Excuse me. It was the first jersey to be retired by the franchise. Nash was the Blue Jackets' goals leader for eight consecutive seasons a streak which began in 2003-2004 when he had 41 goals in route to winning the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy. John, is he on your list, or do you actually like uh, Rick Nash? The, no. the original power forward. That's just it. No, I, I got uh, I got big praise for Rick Nash uh, playing there as long as he did um, with not a whole lot of help beside him, that's for sure. Uh, no, I, I like Rick Nash. Wow, that's shocking. <laughs> right glad to hear it okay uh robbie fabry scored his 16th goal of the season in his 300th career nhl game lots of milestones this week wayne simmons played in his 1000th game against vancouver uh simmons became the fifth black player to reach a thousand games jerome mcginla mike greer trevor daly and don brashear were the first four to do so uh we mentioned the goaltender or the the leafs 
goaltending issues earlier. And Jack Campbell continues to struggle. He's allowed 19 goals, Bruce, in his last four games played. Maybe we should trade Mike Smith for him. You think they take it? Probably not, but <laughs> I would do it. Yeah, of course we would do it, but there's no chance. Um, like I was alluding to earlier, Alex Ovechkin scored his 764th career NHL goal, so now he's just two goals away from tying Yager for third all-time. Roman Yossi collected four assists in an 8 nothing shutout over San Jose. It was the second time in his career that Yossi recorded four assists. It got ugly uh, in San Jose. There's some video floating around of fans in the stands just trying to murder each other. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's I like guess... Watching a, watching a soccer football game. <laughs> a football game, yeah. Yeah. I guess when the game sucks, you got nothing else to do, right? Cam <laughs> uh, McCarr extended his assist streak to 11 games, 16 assists, the second longest streak by an Avs defenseman. Uh, Johnny Goudreau scored the OT winner on Saturday and tied Sean Monaghan for most overtime goals in Flames history. Malkin was not on the ice for practice today, John, uh, but it was just due to maintenance, so no worries. Oh, I was like, why you got to do that to me, man? Oh, yeah. Everybody calm down. It's okay. Um, Freddie Anderson, day-to-day, undisclosed injury, according to head coach Rod Brindamore. I thought it was just an illness. He just said undisclosed was, was what oh, I had okay. saw on, our, on Twitter. Um, so we'll keep tabs on that. Peter Mrazek is scheduled to start for Toronto tomorrow against Columbus. Jason Robertson, his hat trick, talked about that. Alex Tuck is listed as out after colliding with the net today. Um, You're never going to win that battle. No. The, the latest the update, hurts. though, was that he he's fine. There's no there's no head injury. They're they're doing some more tests, and he should be okay. Uh, Jordan Kairou scored a goal and an assist on Sunday to record his 100th career point in just 150 games played. I believe the stat I read was that Tarasenko was the only player to reach that uh, 100-point plateau faster. I think it was in 137 games for the franchise. That's great for Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Dougie Hamilton scored his seventh overtime goal against the St. Louis Blues. Only four active D-men have recorded more overtime winners. Brent Burns, Seth Jones, Chris Letang, and Victor Hedman. So he's in some good company there. Very nice company. John Gibson missed Sunday's game with an upper, missed today's game with an upper body injury. Matt Murray was placed on IR. He's out at least a week. Igor Shesterkin has never lost a game in his career when making 40-plus saves. He's 10-0-0 in that situation. Somebody posted a highlight reel of Samasha Sturkin saves this year, this year. Oh my god. Outrageous. My legs hurt just watching some of those saves, let alone actually making them. Well, and wow. so was it was it Pete's that was talking about Shesterkin for the heart? Yeah. And and I'm I'm hearing more and more of that, right? As I go through some of the media and articles and stuff like that. So um are you guys buying into it? Bruce, John, is that, uh, are, are you sold on this just record for heart talk? Well, considering where like Pete was talking about how many chances and that, that the Rangers give up in a game. Absolutely. Like basically he is the reason why the Rangers are where, where they are. If you were to, well, just look what happens when they sit him, when they play Gorgiev, right? It's ugly. Like it's really ugly. Yeah. 
So absolutely, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that too. Just looking by where uh, where the rest of the team sits in, in league standings, um, he is the reason they're where they are. So yeah, no, 100% most valuable player, definitely. Okay, I yeah, I can I can be sold on that too. Just Turkin's been incredible. Like I've got him in one league. I know how how good he's been, and I there's no argument to yeah, me too really that he couldn't be. So, uh, and then Andre Vasilevsky made his bid for save of the year. So I'm gonna I'll, I'll put the tweet in our show notes here on the blog. He just robbed Patrick Kane. It was pretty fantastic. And now, like it. <laughs> and now, John. It's uh, it's time to tell our, our listeners about NHLShop.ca. Take it away, my friend. Um, yeah, oh, sorry. No, sorry. I was still <laughs> muted. I hit the button. I, I, I just I, like, I just oh, threw that at John. So yeah, John, you... <laughs> no, go, John's go just dying in, dying in the background here. The <laughs> Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast is a proud partner of NHLShop.ca, the best source for all your officially licensed NHL apparel and merchandise. Follow the links in our show notes or on our website. Save up to 50% on select apparel now and get free shipping on orders over $99. Use promo code NHLFS99 at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. See store for details. Full disclosure, Fantasy Hockey Hacks may receive a small commission for your purchase, which helps us to continue providing original content and support Tyler's ridiculous gambling habits. Nailed it. Thanks, man. Awesome. Let's move on to our next segment here. Ask the Hacks. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Starting with, Andrew Mangiapani was just dropped in my league. I noticed he also recently got moved to the third line. Should I drop Matt Boldy or Victor Arvidsson for him? I will emphatically say no. John, Bruce, what's your take? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I I wouldn't drop anyone, either one of those for him. You know, I wanted to say no as well. Um, well, I should reset, redo this. I'm going to say no, but uh, over the last little few games at least, uh, Arvidsson's had one good game and then the rest have been kind of mediocre. But um, no, I'm still going to say no. I mean, for me, it's the it's the shot volume, right? Like, Arvidsson's at my well, I have to go look again, but he, like he was almost at four shots per game, right? And he's been scoring goals. Yep. Um, and Boldy just keeps getting better as it is. So, yeah, and he's playing with Fiala, who we've talked lots about on this show, and, and mm-hmm. it's like, yep. yeah, I I really like Boldy right now, and he's getting first uh, first unit power play time in Minnesota. So, yep. I mean, I and. Meanwhile, Mangiapane's got, uh, you know, he's getting somewhere in that 30% power play share range. So power play two at best. Yeah, I would, uh, look, he's having a good season. If you can, if you can find a way to fit him on your roster, I I guess, yeah, like I wouldn't hesitate to, but uh, for me, no, I'm not dropping either one of those guys for him. Is this a good trade? I traded away Rupe Hintz and Carter Verhage to get Mika Zibanejad. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's a bad trade. I John, you you got some thoughts here? What's your take? Um, I'm gonna say yes. It was 
I like the trade. Um, Rupe Hints has been good. Uh, Verhehe. Eh, meh. He's yeah. been okay. But uh, I guess it just depends on what else you have out there to pick up. Um, but yeah, no. I think if you if you get the chance to get Zabanajed, then then you take it. Um, but yeah, no, it because that just opens up another roster spot anyway. So if you can replace replace with a decent player, then yeah, no for sure. And that's always part of it too, right? Is who's the player you're planning to pick up? Yep. And and so sometimes we get those details added into the question. Uh, this one we didn't, but I mean Zabanajed has the potential to be a top ten player, right? And he's playing with Chris Kreider and Alexi Lafreniere. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a terrible trade. Uh, again, it depends on your league setup, too. Bruce, any other input on that? No, I'm pretty much in agreement. It's it's not a, it's not a terrible trade because both Hens and Zabanajad have some really nice line mates there. So it's... Yeah. And, like, Verhigi, like, John said he's not doing a whole lot, so it's kind of mess. So yeah, depending on who the, who he picks up to compliment Zabanajad, that could work out very well in his favor. Okay. Uh, next question here: Mark Shifley or David Perron for the rest of the regular season and playoffs? I mean, for me, I, I'm going to lean Shifley. I just yep. think he's been more consistent um, and healthier. I was going to say and healthier. I, he's a guy who's going to get first line, first power play minutes in Perron. You know, he's fighting guys like Kairou and um, and Thomas and all these Tarasenko. other young guys, right? Barbashev, yeah. Tarasenko. Yeah. I just think, yeah, Mark Scheif has been more consistent. On pace for 74 points right now. Take a look at David Perron. I mean, he's he's still just on pace for 58 points, and that's after he's had a bit of a correction here. He was pointless today and only played 14 minutes. Yeah, I I hemmed and hawed on this one a lot back and forth, and I ended up going with Shifley just mostly because exactly like you said, opportunity, and he's been healthier. Prawn, this is his second stint now out with an injury. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is currently out presently. Uh, He was... Out with illness is what it was. Illness? Okay. Seems like something's going around. It's non-COVID related, of course, but... Uh, the flu. I don't it's know. It's the flu. Mike Smith syndrome. Mike Smith syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably more embarrassment than it is anything. Yep. I have Mackenzie Weger and Jacob Truba on my defense. Dougie Hamilton is on waivers. According to my research, he's been pretty good in recent seasons. Should I drop either Weger <laughs> yeah. or Truba for him? Uh yeah, I, I had suggested or recommended that you drop Truba. I mean, Truba's great in bangers leagues, and he's actually been putting yeah. up some points in New York. Mackenzie Weger, I think when I looked at his numbers, though, was was ahead of him in terms of point production. Of course, playing in Florida, that's not hard to do. Um, and then Dougie Hamilton is just a fantasy monster. So, yeah, you're going to pick up Dougie Hamilton yeah. if you can. I suggested dropping Truba, but you guys have a difference of opinion? No, out of those two, Truba would be my pick. Yep. What's your opinion on dropping Troy Terry and picking up Michael Bunting or Matt Boldy? Um, 
I wouldn't be opposed to it. No, I wouldn't either. Michael Bunting's been great, Bruce. I know. It's like I said, yeah, I would drop Terry's matter. Now you just got to pick which one, Bunting or Boldly. It's. I don't think you could right now. I don't think you'd go wrong with either one of them. No. Although I might lead more towards Bunting. I know. The, the only thing with Bunting is I think he's getting minimal power play time. And, and he is one of our waiver wire ads for this week, but I'm just going to pull it up again. Yeah, he's only getting 29% power play share. So that's my only concern with Michael Bunting. Is uh, Boldy getting power play time? Unless it's changed, he was. Oh, God, I can't spell today. But it, I'm looking at Michael Bunting's numbers right now. He's got... Uh, points in one two three four four straight games i mean he's got he's like 13 points in his last 10 games played like he he's just he's been fantastic and playing with matthews and and marner he's gonna continue putting up points right oh definitely <laughs> line mates line mates like matthews and marner yeah you're you can just stand somewhere and it'll just bounce off you and go in. Exactly. Yeah, Boldy's uh, at almost 60% power play share right now on the season. Because you look at him right now, yeah, he's on the first power play unit right now. Yeah. And and he's actually, he got as high as 87% power play share recently. He's getting the opportunities, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I maybe tend to go bunting. Which is crazy to think, but I don't. I don't think you could go wrong with either one of them at this point. No, but if you had to choose, I guess the other thing too is the shot volume. I didn't look at the shot volume here. Two point six. John, you had a point there. Um. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say with the way that uh, Bunting's line mates have been, ah, uh, I really don't think there's a question on on who I would pick up. Um, unfortunately, Terry's still playing decently, which makes it hard because we're expecting him to drop off a cliff and he hasn't done it yet, but yeah, it, he's funny. Like he's going to hit 30 goals probably this year. Well, he should, unless he absolutely yeah. drops dead. <laughs> yeah. He's got 28 right now. So, and yeah, I... another two assists tonight. So I don't know. That's that's tough. He, that that's a good question. Yep, good question. Okay, uh, I think we've answered that sufficiently, though. I have Matthew Barzell and Tony D'Angelo both out. I can't put them on IR because my league doesn't let us. It's frustrating. I'm holding D'Angelo. He's too good to drop. I'm losing my week. Do I drop Barzell? Um, I, I guess yeah. I guess there wasn't a a question as to which player they should pick up, but I mean. I guess maybe the question is, is Barzal droppable? Is he back far enough that the week was a wash or did he have a chance to win it? And I didn't, yeah, I didn't get any information like that. And I'm trying to think where the question was from. Oh, I think Barzal is off his normal. He's below his his numbers for this. Like he was season to season. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely having an off season, so like I think in a shallow enough league he probably is droppable. Like he's on he's on a sixty seven point pace, but there's some players out there that if you're in like an eight or a ten team league, he probably is someone you could look at dropping. 
Yeah. The only thing you're you're giving up some some schedule advantage because the Islanders do have the most games remaining until the end of the season, right? Which I'm just going to pull that up here as well. Um, the next question here is: uh, I'm in a 12 team head to head bangers league, five keepers. I use the left wing lock draft data kit, uh, draft data kit, and see Mark Shifley is higher than Nicholas Backstrom. I'm dropping in the standings and now in fifth. Would you take this offer? So the player, or the fantasy manager, is sending Nicholas Backstrom and John Carlson and receiving Mark Shifley, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Shea Theodore. My answer was yes, take that trade. I like it from the receiving end. Um, John, what's your take on it? Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I like John Carlson and Backstrom, but uh, getting uh, Shea Theodore in there, he's he's the piece for me in that whole thing. So. Um... Yeah, between him and, and Tyler Bertuzzi has been, been good too. So, uh, Shifley not high on my list, but there there is some value there. Um, but yeah, Shea Theodore and, and Bertuzzi are the, are the big ones for me. Okay, Bruce, anything to add to that? <clears throat> no, I mean, I'm in complete agreement too. He's getting younger too, right? So, Shifley, Bertuzzi, and Theodore. Theodore hasn't, hasn't hit his full potential yet. So... He's going to get better yet. Mashaifli's going to bounce back next year. Bertuzzi's just going to keep doing what he's doing. Yeah, and good category coverage from Bertuzzi, especially if you're yes. like counts, hits, and penalty minutes. Um, Shifley, a bit of the same. And Theodore, when I, when I compared Carlson and Theodore, I mean, Carlson's a bit ahead of him, but I think he has he has 10 or 12 goals, and Theodore, Theodore has eight. And Theodore's on pace for 57 points and Carlson's on pace for like 65 or something or 70, like 68. But, you know, so there's a bit of a difference there. But the other thing too for me that's big is Nicholas Backstrom really doesn't do a whole lot for category coverage outside of assists. Like, he'll get you some power play points. What's that, Bruce? Face-off wins maybe. Yeah, but it's pretty limited, right? Yeah, it's not, not a lot of coverage there. So... Okay, I, I believe that was Ryan from Twitter, so thank you for that question. Yeah, and Backstrom has a hard time playing a full year, so. Yes, agreed. Okay. Um, this one just came in today, and it's from Nick. Um, Nick, my apologies again. I didn't have a chance to just review this in depth, but he had a long explanation. He was kind of explaining to me some of his league settings and things. Um his question really, though, boiled down to, do you think some of the workhorse goalies, because he did trade away Jacob Markstrom, um, do you think some of the workhorse goalies, so i.e. Jacob Markstrom and Darcy Kemper, may get rested down the stretch, leading to their value being at its highest right now? I appreciate your response, Nick. John, you're kind of nodding in approval. What's your What's your take on it? Like, are you, are you making that move? Are you going to trade Markstrom at this point in the season with that, uh, assumption in mind. Um, no, I think I'd hold on to him still. I think he's still going to get, he's still going to get the games, uh, Kemper as well, as long as he's healthy. Um, no, I, I think I'd hold on to him. Bruce, what's your take on it? Well, if Colorado maintains its pace, Kemper will get rested. Just, to avoid injury to get him into the playoffs. Uh, Daryl Sutter isn't really someone to rest players uh, unless Calgary somehow manages to pull out any ridiculous lead in the West. Uh, 
Markstrom might lose a couple starts to Vladar down the stretch, but uh, I don't think he's going to lose many games. Kemper, absolutely. If Colorado maintains this pace, Kemper will will lose starts to Francouz because they want Kemper healthy for the playoffs, and we all know Kemper's injury history, so I think he'll lose starts down the stretch if Colorado keeps doing what they're doing. I would 1,000% echo what you just said, Bruce. Um, yeah. Sutter, Sutter's old school. He'll just ride his goalie all season, and, and I have Markstrom in one league, and... Um, I don't see Vladar getting a ton of a ton of action down the stretch here, and Colorado or Calgary, sorry, excuse me, um, has the third most games remaining behind the Islanders in the Wild. So what I can see happening with Markstrom is he'll get all the back to backs, and then it'll be matchup dependent after that. So he'll get the Seattle games, the Philadelphia games, he'll, Buffalo game. He'll get he'll get those games. We get chance to give Markstrom a rest, but although he did play Vladar against Calgary. Saturday night. They're did fairly well. Against they Colorado. Time. Oh, yeah, Colorado. Sorry, yes. Yeah, they did. And <clears throat> so, I mean, going back to that point about Darcy Kemper, I was going to mention it. It was interesting because he gave up three goals on, I don't know, it was like 17 shots or something. It wasn't unreasonable, but Bednar pulled him, and Kemper was pissed. <laughs> and, and probably rightfully so because – He's been really good recently, and then your head coach pulls you in a game against one of the best teams in the Western Conference right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can see a scenario, like you said, Bruce, where Francis or Francouz does get some more time down the stretch here. But saying that for me, would I trade Jacob Markstrom? Um, no. I think he's a, he, he's going to be a candidate to win the Vesna this year. Oh, Absolutely. And and he's been fantastic. So in terms of wins and peripherals, I, he's just a guy that I would personally hold on to. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. All right. So that does it for Ask the Hacks this week. Now seems like a good time to tell our listeners about DraftKings. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> Make sure you get that ready. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> As a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast is a proud partner of DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat-tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indianapolis, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777. Visit http. Uh, ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 
1-800-BETS-OFF in uh, Indianapolis. 1-877-770-STOP. That's 7867 in Louisiana. 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK slash text um, HOPE NY 467-369. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or one 532 in Virginia, 21 years of age or older, physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indianapolis, uh, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See httballdraftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. <laughs> I feel like they make that more difficult than it has to be just for you. Yeah. So I'm first off, I'm going to say thank you to, to the hockey podcast network and thank you to DraftKings for, for your support. But, uh, you, you certainly make that challenging. So, <laughs> and, and I'm a Canadian man. I, the fact, I don't even know what half these, I got to look these up sometimes. I don't know all the state acronyms. Like anyway, doesn't matter. Um, all this information for anyone that needs it is going to be in the show notes. It is every week. We, we want to just be aware that some some people do need some help, Tyler included. G- gamble responsibly. <laughs> gamble responsibly, folks. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the next segment here. Edge work, the segment where we do the work to give you the edge in your fantasy hockey leagues, starting with the NHL schedule for Week 21. Uh, NHL Week 21 is packed with 55 total games on the slate for the upcoming Fantasy Hockey Week. Wednesday and Friday are particularly light days. That's 50% or less NHL teams in action, with just two games being played on Wednesday and four games on Friday. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday are very busy around the NHL, with at least 10 games being played each day. The Calgary Flames get the rare five-game week and should definitely be on your radar for the upcoming slate of games, uh, despite a challenging schedule, which we'll get into in a minute here. Note, Calgary has two back-to-backs next week, so Daniel Vladar, Vladar uh, should see probably two starts. They have two back-to-back sets next week, so he's going to get at least two starts, I'm sure. Uh, Columbus, the New York Islanders, Washington, Edmonton, and Vancouver all play two of their games on light days, the most among all teams for the upcoming week. Uh, Dallas and San Jose have just two games on the upcoming schedule, the least among all NHL clubs. So that's five games on Monday, 11 on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, 13 on Thursday, four on Friday, 10 on Saturday, and 10 on Sunday. And then we've got four teams here that we want to focus on. So teams with five games, obviously, is the Calgary Flames. Their strength of schedule is, is actually plus 18. Um, that, so that, That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Thank you for recognizing that, John. Um, but, I mean, a five-game week, they've got lots of fantasy value from players that are widely available. Um the schedule is going to be tough for them. They've got a matchup against Edmonton tomorrow night, or maybe as you're listening to this, uh, same day. As for Edmonton, 6-3-1 in their last 10. They play Washington, who's 4-6-0 in their last 10. Tampa, who's 7-2-1. Detroit, who's 5-5. Five and, five, and Colorado, who's 7-3-0. and oh. Keeping that in mind, though, um, the Calgary Flames led the entire NHL in points percentage during the month of February with a rate of 9-17. So the Flames have been red hot. And I wouldn't hesitate to pick up some of the players they have available on the wire, which include Tyler Toffoli, Andrew Majapani, Blake Coleman, Sean Monahan, Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannafin, and Daniel Vladar. Uh, the Flames' record against upcoming opponents this week is 2-3-0. So 
FYI, so far this season. Um, teams of four games. <clears throat> We've got the Toronto Maple Leafs here. Strength of schedule is actually minus 42, which means what, John, according to the left-wing lock? Strength of schedule. Means it's super easy. Super easy, thank you. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a great schedule. They've got games against Columbus, who's 5-3-2 and two in their last 10. Seattle, who's 2-7-1. and one. Arizona, who's 5-5-0. Five, five and oh. And Buffalo, who's 4-6-0. and oh. I feel the like Leafs, you can't have a better schedule than that. <laughs> no, no. Like on paper, those are probably, if you had to pick the teams you wanted to face that week, that'd be the ones. Uh, the Leafs are tied for 11th in points percentage at 625 during the month of February. They sat third in goals, four per game at 4.25. And they had the seventh best penalty kill at 86.8%. We know Jack Campbell struggled, um, which has opened the door for Mrazic to get more starts. So take a look at him if you need some goaltending help. Um, Michael Bunting has been great in February. 14 points, 7 goals in 12 games played. And he's still available in, in just about 50% of leagues. The Leafs' uh, record against upcoming opponents so far this season is 3-3-0. Some other players consider... Um, other than Bunting would be Ilya Mikheyev, Nick Robertson, Andre Kasha, Alex Kerfoot, Justin Hole, and Peter Mrazek. <clears throat> Teams with three games. you got the Boston Bruins. Strength of schedule, according to left-wing lock, is minus 37. They have the most favorable schedule among teams to play three games on the upcoming week. They take on LA, Chicago, and Arizona. The Bruins were the 12th best team during the month of February in terms of points percentage at 625. Their special teams are average at best, though. They're both ranked 18th overall. Um, Boston shelled the LA Kings recently in a 7-0 win uh, when DeBrus got his hat trick. Record against upcoming opponents is 2-0-0. Take a look at DeBrus, Halla. (coughs) Excuse me, guys. Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, and Matt Greslick. And then last but not least, the San Jose Sharks. Their strength of schedule is eight. They've got just two games on the schedule. Um, their team is rebuilding, and uh, they have a minus 25 goal differential, and they're two, five, and three in the last 10. Basically, I'm, I'm, you know, we're only suggesting these guys because Dallas was the other team, and <laughs> they've got a tough schedule coming up here. I think Nashville and New York for next week, and they don't have a ton of guys that are readily available and producing right so uh and frankly neither does san jose so i mean maybe i would just stay away from both team i don't know what do you guys think uh did bruce say something or is my mic not working no bruce's mic is muted well <laughs> way to go bruce <laughs> no that's nobody wanted to hear me anyway <laughs> anyway so i mean yeah they've they've got two games against la um I recommend none of them. Yeah, I guess one thing with the Sharks that was interesting, they had the 11th best power play during February, converting at a rate of 25%, and the, the PK, I think, was first overall, was best in the league at 96%. So special teams have been good in San Jose. But PK doesn't get you fantasy points. It it certainly does not. But if you had Aiden Hill in net, um, that helps you. But hopefully, you don't have Aiden Hill in that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, weren't we going to talk about Who does San Jose him? have for a goalie right now? Because if Reimer is out and Hill is out, who's left? So they've got, uh, well, Alex Stalock. That's why they traded for Alex Stalock. 
And <laughs> well, yeah, the Oilers. And the, a and, team that needs a goalie. Well, Stalock wasn't going to solve their problems, though. Um, no. And then they've got that that guy, Sachenko, I think is his name. But Aiden Hill was actually at practice on Thursday. So that that's part of the reason he's in our waiver wire ads here. And, and we might as well just talk about him really quick since we're already on that subject. Um, I was going to mention, so in uh, in the five games before he was injured, he was 3-1-1 with a 1.9 goals against average, a 9.32 save percentage, and a 2.9 goals saved above average. Those are respectable. Yes. Even John yes. can't, uh, can't shit I can't, on Aiden Hill for those numbers. I, I can't deny that. No. So I, I do think if he's back and healthy, and I think they play later in the week, it might be like Wednesday, Thursday. So there is a chance Aiden Hill does get two games in this week. Keep an eye on the situation, but that's something I'd look at. Um, I mean, anything else? Like, like we must cover goalies here since we're on that topic, guys. So Daniel Vladar, anything else we need to say about that guy? I mean, he's he's only 7% rostered. Looks like he'll probably get two starts. Um, Bruce, any any hesitation to pick up Daniel Vladar? None. I guess, well, no, not after Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Pulled out a win for him. Absolutely. Okay. Um, one thing I'll mention about him is is his peripherals haven't been great, but he has an eight three and one record and two shutouts. Yeah, and I guess to me it just depends on what teams he's up against this week. <clears throat> yeah, that's a valid point, John. It could just be matchup dependent, right? Okay. Uh, next goalie up here, Vitek Vanacek. 58% rostered, three games on the schedule. He's taken over the crease, basically. Since January 15th, he's posted a 5-3-0 record, three shutouts, a 1.55 goals against average, a 946 save percentage, and 8.75 goals saved above average. Yeah, if he's available in your league, you pick him up. Yeah, absolutely. And conversely, Samsonov, who's now day-to-day over that same stretch, 4 6 and 0, 326 goals against average, an 899 save percentage, and a negative 3.76 goals saved above average. Those are Mike Smith numbers. Those, yeah. Those might even be flattering for Mike Smith. I was going to say that might be flattering for Smith. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Vanacek, not much more to say there. And then Miko Koskinen. So, should we start hashtag Miko for Vesna? Is that. No, because every time you do, no. he sucks. <laughs> right, right. Shit. <laughs> Um, he's been good lately since January 22nd. He's seven Oh and two with one shutout, a two fifty GAA a nine twenty two save percentage and a 3.39 GSAA. That's, that's the problem with him. He plays really well. It's like I say every week, he, him and Smith, they play really well for a few games and then they suck. Everyone gets their hopes up and then they throw him in every night and he sucks. And it's just the never ending <laughs> cycle. It's, I know it's frustrating, but part of it, the team just needs to pull their shit together too. But, um, Oh yeah. They got their head up their ass or something, but I did pick up Koskinen when he, when he grabbed his, when he, when he got his shutout, actually, I think Bruce has playing against you at a 15.9 there. So, um, yeah, Koskinen is going to be on my, on my roster, at least for the next few games. I want to see how they, how that whole rotation shakes out. And if they just decide to push Smith off to the side, because you might see volume from because there's not really many other options there for Edmonton. So, no, there no. really isn't. Because they're not going to trade for a goalie. These guys are it. 
Yeah. I'm quite annoyed with Ken Holland right now. That guy seems all too comfortable just to sit on his hands. Yeah, and even thinking about that, um, of course I'd love to see Fleury in Edmonton, but to me it just doesn't seem like the right move. I, I'd really hope for like a Braden Holtby kind of situation, but yeah, no, not going to happen. I, uh, I won't be too surprised if once uh, Smith gets over his uh, illness that he's back and they'll send Skinner back down. Guarante- it's almost uh, guaranteed. It won't, it's almost guaranteed. won't surprise me at all. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> at, at some point, the Oilers have to figure out, are we going to bring Skinner up and are we going to let him sit behind Koskin and, and play the back-to-back games? Or do you want to keep him in the AHL where he's going to actually play practically every game, right? He's going to get lots of playing time in the AHL where sitting behind Miko in the NHL, he's not going to get much. So I think they'd rather have Smith sitting there than have Skinner sitting there. So it's that's how I see it. I'd rather than I know just take Smith for what it is. Go to the playoffs and, and actually do something. But um Okay, let's get into forwards here. Let's let's move on from goaltending. Before John has a heart attack. <laughs> First up, let's talk about Tyler Toffoli. Five games, like we said, for Calgary. <clears throat> In his first three games of the Flames, he had six and a half percent power play share. Since then, he's seen an average of almost sixty percent power play share, posting seven points. Four goals, three power play points in six games. Uh, he's on pace for 61 points again. I would go and grab him now. I should mention that his ish, Bruce, is 11.4%. <laughs> Gotta love the ish. Yep. It's below his three-year average of 13.6, and his team's even strength shooting percentage with him on the ice is 5.5%, whereas the league average is 8.5%. So um, some encouraging numbers there for Tyler Toffoli. Also look at Blake Coleman. 34% roster, left wing, right wing eligible, six points, two goals in his last five games played. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, 20% rostered, last I checked, playing with Marshawn and Bergeron. Uh, he's got 10 points, eight goals in his last eight games played. He's actually shooting the puck at a rate of 3.25 shots on goal per game. It's pretty good. Any other thoughts on Jake DeBrusque? I think with Dabrowski, you got to watch his deployment. Is if as long as he's playing on the first line, I think he's okay. But if they're playing him off the first line, he's not going to get much. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that, Bruce. We've we've seen it before, right? I mean, if he plays yeah. up in the top six, especially on the top line, yeah, he's going to look good. But uh, John, yeah, any, anything there. to add to that? No, just what what Bruce said. It's all on uh, deployment for him. Um, it's a fantastic player, but yeah. He uh, really relies on those teammates of his, so or okay. line mates, I should say. And, and, oh, the other thing I did mention here too is um, one one thing to consider with DeBrusque is he doesn't get a ton of power play time. So if your league counts power play points, that might not might not work for you. Uh, let's talk about Michael Bunting a little bit more. Um, <laughs> He's got 14 points, seven goals in 12 games during the month of February. He's now tied for the league lead in rookie scoring with 43 points, and he leads all rookies in goals with 19. Who saw that coming in the offseason? The GM of the Maple Leafs, (laughs) Kyle Dubas. Don't give him too much credit, Bruce. Come on. (laughs) He he did not. (laughs) I don't think Kyle Dubas expected this level of production, honestly. 
Well, it makes up for the Nick Ritchie signing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't win them all, Bruce. No, that's very true. But Dubas needed a win, and this is a win for him. He, he needed a win because his defense is a train wreck, and his goaltending is turning into a train wreck. So we should ask. You know, he's got forwards though; they can score, but they just can't keep the puck out of their own net. Very true. Um, I was going to say we should ask Mike to do a, a fact or fiction segment on the the Leafs goaltending. Ooh. So, Mike, if you're listening, that might be a, a good deep dive to, to go into because we had questions on that goaltending situation, right? Do it, Mike. Do it. Yeah. Please. That would be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be very interesting to see. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and one more thing worth mentioning here. Bunting on pace for 64 points and 28 goals. That's really nice. Not bad. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah, Not but if he doesn't put up 30, he's trash. <laughs> <laughs> Trade him. Hot take from John. There it is. Okay, let's move on to the Florida Panthers and Mason Marchment. This guy's just 26% rostered. Four games on the schedule for next week. He's playing on the top line in Florida with Barkoff and Verhege. He's getting time on the second power play unit. And even better, he's got 31 points, 13 goals in 30 games this season. That's not bad. Wowza. Not bad Especially at, at thirteen twenty seven per game, right? Um, of course, the one big red flag, Bruce, is the ish. His ish is iffy. Holy ish! <laughs> it's it's too high. <laughs> There's another T shirt, Bruce. Holy ish. <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty one percent too high. We don't like that. And then his uh, his, his team's tevish? even strength shooting percent. His tevish, yeah, his tevish is tevish, fourteen point three percent. So, again, if we go back and look at those numbers, that is way high. That's not going to be sustainable. But anyway, I would I would just enjoy that production you're getting from Marchman at this point in time, especially with him playing oh, on the top, the top uh, line with Barkov. Yeah, right while it's hot. Right while it's hot. Definitely. Uh, and then Anton Lundell. I just wanted to mention him, too, as an aside. He is now fifth in the Calder scoring race with 38 points and 14 goals, and he leads all rookies in plus minus at plus 30. He's got 11 points, four goals the last 10 games played, and he's on pace for 61 points. So there, there's Incredible. two very nice options. Uh, guys that are owned or rostered at around 25 or 26%. Just a uh, preface for this next player. I refuse to endorse him. I was just going <laughs> to ask you if you wanted to introduce him and, and really dive deep. Absolutely, Philip Deneau. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, I am yeah. not touching. I am not touching that one. Okay, the next one here is Ryan Getzlaff. Just for anyone that can't see the show notes, twenty-one uh, percent rostered. Four games on the schedule. He's playing with Troy Terry and Adam Henrique. John's giving me two big thumbs down right now. He's his face is red. Actually, it's quite entertaining. <laughs> Same color as my cane jersey behind me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I look, Getzlaff's been having a good season. He's on pace for fifty-four points, playing on the on the top power play unit. He contributes to hits and pims and faceoff wins. He covers some nice categories, John. Whether you like the guy or not. <laughs> guys on he's guys on pace for a good season with fifty-four points. Well, for him. Good for him. <laughs> that, that's comical. <laughs> uh hey. Face off percentage, fifty-three point four percent. 458 total face-off wins to date so far this season. So if your league counts face-off wins, doesn't hurt. How is he for shifts? No, it sure doesn't. 
Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a couple of shifts. He's got a couple. Uh, holy shift. Okay. He gets, um, a, he gets a couple of shifts. <laughs> the other guy, we'll, we'll move on. The other guy here is Trevor Zegers at 52%. Hey, not, not a secret anymore, but I'm just surprised how low his percentage rostered is at 52%. He's got 42 points in 51 games, and he's on pace for 68 points and 24 goals. I think Gaslav should take some pointers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just – if if he's still available in your league, definitely give Trevor Zegers a look. Yeah, I dropped him a while back, and then Mr. – was it Larry's Wild Bunch in our fantasy one? Is he the yep. guy that picked him up? Damn it, Larry. Yeah. Um, he picked him up, and he's been well for him. Um, I'm just happy that I kicked his ass this week. So, <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> Shout out to Larry. Okay. <laughs> Next forward here, we've got Philip Deneau. He's rostered in 22% of Yahoo leagues. Four games on the schedule, playing with Arvidsson and Moore, and power play two. Um, and we talked about this guy in the offseason, Bruce. So I, I think we we expected he have a good season. I, I, you know, offensively, I think we expected more, just given that he wasn't playing third line center for the Habs anymore. Yeah, and that's more or less come to fruition. I mean, through fifty-four games, he's got uh, he's on pace for almost fifty points and twenty-five goals. And the big thing here too is he's shooting more. He's at a career best two point three shots on goal per game, which is not crazy volume, but for him, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, considering what he was, what was expected of him in Montreal, right in the situation they put him in, so they card him out every time it was a defensive faceoff, right where it. LA, he's doing that as well, but he's getting some offensive chances too, which is good for him because he can put the puck in the net and he can can put up points. Yeah, I mean, he's on pace for 25, right? So yeah, that's pretty good value for a guy that's 22% rostered. And he's got nine points and six goals in his last 10 games played. Uh, next up here, Ivan Barbashev, 45% rostered, four games on the schedule for the upcoming week. He's playing with Shannon Cairo at even strength and on power play one. He was one of the biggest waiver wire ads back in December. He was crushing it. Um, but then between January 21st and February 19th, he failed to register a single point. Oops. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's this not good. Your fantasy stock a lot. Uh, but, but fantasy managers that were patient or that were paying attention and picked him up, he now has seven points and two goals in his last five games played. Looks to be bouncing back a little bit, and I like his line mates and his deployment, so I would give him a look for the upcoming week. Four games on the Definitely. schedule. This one might be a bit of a reach. Cali Yarncroak rostered in 1% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, <laughs> Seattle's not good, but but he's playing on the top line with Eberly and Geeky, and he's playing on power play one. He's on pace for 42 points and 20 goals. Could just be a, a nice deep league ad. Be a nice depth ad, right? So if like a streamer type thing. Yeah. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere, rostered in 28% of Yahoo Leagues, three games on the schedule for next week, playing next to Kreider and Zabanajad, and on power play one, or some power play one time. That's a nice set of line mates there. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest reason for adding him, is just his, his deployment and his line mates. He's posted six points, five goals in his last 10 games. That line's been effective. They're, they're 55, Corsi, four percentage, 68 goals, four percentage creating lots of scoring chances, lots of high danger scoring chances. Something to keep an eye on, especially in deeper dynasty leagues. Definitely. 
And then last but not least, let's move on to defensemen. We've got just two here that we wanted to talk about. First one is Rasmus Anderson, who, Bruce, I know you're a fan of. Yeah, I've got him in two leagues, three leagues, two. I think two for sure. And and hard to argue with with your choice there because he's playing in the top pair with Hannafin and he's, and he's quarterbacking that power play. Yeah, he's kind of up up and down throughout the season, but he's uh, as of late, he's done well. And he's on he's pace for what? 47 points. Yeah, not too bad at all for a defenseman. Nope. With, uh, with that schedule coming up, he's going to be playing a lot of minutes too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you're in need of a D-man, I, I definitely give him a look. Like He can't beat that volume, right? He's, he's going to put up a point yeah. or two in five games. For sure. Oh, absolutely. And he gets a ton of shifts. <sighs> a ton. <laughs> a ton of shifts. The, the T-shirts are coming, folks. We're 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 working on it. It's coming. <laughs> are we? Um, well, yeah. I'm I'm gonna get Tyler to start uh, designing some T-shirts for us. Oh, nice. Yep. Uh, next up here, Luke Shen, rostered in 20% of leagues. Three games on the schedule. He's on the second pairing right now, actually, with Quinn Hughes in Vancouver. And oh, wow. the offense isn't really there. I think he's only got 11 points through 41 games, but. For leagues that count hits, blocks, and pims, he's he's almost must add, um, or at least as a, a short term streaming option. He has 172 hits through 41 games. That that is 4.2 hits a- per game, and over his last 10 games, he's averaged 1.5 penalty minutes per game, 4.5 hits, and 2.8 blocks. That's a nice category coverage. Yeah. So if you can ignore the the lack of point production. Uh, Luke Shen brings a lot in terms of category coverage. Absolutely. Okay, I didn't get two thumbs down from John, so we'll take that as a win. <laughs> okay, guys, that's that's all we've got for waiver wire ads this week. Um, that's it for the show. Any other thoughts, opinions, or otherwise before we uh, sign off for another week? We miss you, Tyler. No. Yes, we definitely miss Tyler. Uh, yeah, we do. Yep. So we'll we'll see you in the next one, buddy. Um, oh, I think. Well, we'll talk off air, but uh, our trip might be postponed. But anyway, um, thank you very much to everyone that's listened. Uh, thank you to everyone that submitted questions. That's all we got for this week, folks. Um, John Bruce, it was fun. We uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Oh, I guess like you know, make sure you check us out on Twitter at fhhacks on Instagram at fantasy hockey hacks. Uh, check out the website fantasyhockeyhacks.com and send us your Ask the Hacks segment questions at fantasyhockeyhacks at gmail.com. John, you look like you have something to say. Uh, I was just going to say we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the fan input. And uh, we're just a few losers out here just trying to have fun and uh, we love hockey. So, um, yeah, no, uh, we appreciate everyone listening to us and putting up with us every week. Absolutely. Oh, and uh, bye, Felicia. good night everybody alright take care folks